And we are on. Hello and welcome to Sports Unhinged. My name is Mohamed Khamis. I am joined again by Coach Yujita and Mark. An amazing week coming up ahead in the NFL. Tom Brady is reunited with Bill Belichick head-to-head. And everybody's talking about that. Everyone's got an opinion. The undefeated LA Rams and the Cardinals go to head-to-head in an NFC West cracker. But I want to open the show with our very angry and upset Chicago Bears fan, Mark Sherman, you have been ranting on our WhatsApp groups, on our calls all week long about your Chicago Bears. And, you know, as the saying goes, if you don't have if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And Matt Nagy just announced that he's got three under consideration for the for the Detroit game. What what's going on in Chicago? What's going on with the team? And how do the how do the fans feel about this? Matt Nagy has lost the fan base. He'd lost it a little while ago, but last Sunday in Cleveland was the thing. And I'm just going to go through a few bits. On Sunday on our WhatsApp group, yeah, I was mad. And this, you know, I've had four or five days to calm down and kind of think about it and look at the stats and all this. He's had four years. He's in his fourth year with the Bears. He's had five quarterbacks, Trubisky, Daniels, Foles, Foles, Dalton and Fields. Um, let's be honest, none of them improved under Matt Nagy. He came in as an offensive guru and he's been shit. So sorry about this, but I'm kind of angry. Uh, He thinks he's the the smartest man in the room. He's actually the dumbest. He's the most arrogant. Um, He might be great at uh, bringing a group together, but he cannot call offense. He he plays goofy formations. For the last three and a half years, he's done. We've had the same problems of pre-snap penalties, terrible timeouts, simple mistakes. He can't run a screenplay. He can't move the chain. So, if that's an offensive guru, what am I? You know, on Sunday, what's pushed us over the edge? And I believe most Bears fans are the same, thinking along the same lines here, judging from conversations on Twitter and various other places that I, I speak to them. On Sunday. Justin Fields' wide receivers were only open on 29% of plays, worst in the NFL. Wow. His O-line allowed a 50% pressure rate, worst in the NFL. Wow. And his play caller got him outside of the pocket only 6% of the time. It's crap. Bears offense ranking after three weeks. I didn't want to do this the first two weeks. I believe three games is a reasonable period of time to get a handle on where the Bears are. 191 yards per game, ranked 32nd. 3.34 yards per play, ranked 32nd. 90.7 passing yards per game, ranked 32nd. 3.24 yards per pass, ranked 32nd. 17.86% sacks allowed per pass, 32nd. 32.43 on third down, 28th. I am not a stats man. You guys know me. I'm not a big right. in stats because I believe they, they can tell um, a false thing. 13.3 points per game, ranked 31st. Now, that is rubbish. Under overwhelming any, any evidence. circumstances, yeah. the whole thing is rubbish. The only thing we're okay at is 4.15 yards per rush, 14th. Big deal. Mitch Trubisky took Matt Nagy's offense to the playoffs twice. Is he the greatest wow. quarterback of all time? Really? <laughs> you know, because this is shit. 
<laughs> what an admission. <laughs> exactly. The guys who've called him out publicly, and I'm going to just choose two, which is Olin Kruitz is a wonderful, wonderful lineman for the Bears. He was tremendous. And Dan Orlovsky, who is a, not the greatest quarterback for Detroit, when they were 0-16, he was playing for them when 0-16. I'm going to quote directly from him on coach, head coach Matt Nagy. It's the worst game plan I've ever seen in my entire life, and it was either intentional or negligence. So wow. this guy went 0-16. They were a bad team. And this game plan he had against Cleveland on Sunday was worse than anything he's ever seen. Quote direct. And, and what, what he, does this do for the confidence seconds, of Fields? Two, two seconds. Sorry. Go. Is he the problem or is the O-line coach or the, or the offensive coach or someone else the problem? He's changed everyone more than twice in four right. years. So the only, the only consistency here is Matt Nagy. Every, every week after defeat, for the last three years, uh, we're going to look at the tape on Monday morning and find out he's got this terribly frustrating thing of, we're going to look at the whys. Really? Really? Look at them, but you're not learning. It's the right. same nonsense week after week after week. When he came in, after Tressman and Fox, after they got rid of Lovey Smith in 2012 when he went 10 and 6, Tressman came in, was awful. Fox came in, was bad. When Matt Nagy came in, he was a breath of fresh air. He really was. He was young. He was enthusiastic. They got social media. They got all sorts of things sorted out, really engaged the fans. And what they've done over the last 18 months is they've lost the fans. People are becoming disinterested. And as a franchise, right. you cannot do that. That's down to him and the GM because they've both, you know, they've, they've got multiple busts between them on drafts and on free agency. They give loads of money to crap players. And so we're spending. It's not the owners. The owners are putting up the cash. I don't like right. the owners. They should change. But they've got so many mistakes. They cannot develop a player. And it's getting ridiculous. We've got Justin Fields, who's a decent-looking quarterback. Are they going to ruin him? They've had him for now five months under their wing. No game plan. Absolute right. nonsense. So that's where I stand. I believe a lot of other Bears fans are in the same place. We're kind of sick, sick of the, the hype of McNaggy, and it's time for him definitely to give over uh, play calling to Bill Lazor because last year when he gave over the play calling, after we lost six games running, he gave the play calling away. And we started winning games. A coincidence? Right. I don't think so. He needs to do that as an absolute minimum for Sunday. He's going to get a lot, a lot of stick in Soldier Field on Sunday. And if the Bears and, lose... And it's against the 0-3 Detroit Lions, who, exactly. who didn't look that bad in all of their three defeats, right? So no, it's, it's a dangerous one last week. Yeah. I, I, think, I think last week I actually said here that the problem with Detroit is they look good for about 30, 40 minutes. Right. That might be enough to beat Chicago on Sunday. And if Chicago... By the way, 40 minutes home, is, is almost how much the Chicago Bears defense spent on the field last, exactly. uh, last week. So. Last week, 39 minutes on the yeah. field. It's not a defensive problem. It is... The defense is playing lights out. If you look at them, they're doing everything. They're getting takeaways. They're getting sacks. They're actually one of the leaders in the sack race at the moment. Not a defensive problem. 
purely on offense. What do you think this offense. does for, for Justin Fields' confidence when Matt Nagy comes out and announces that he's considering one of three quarterbacks to start um, for the game? I mean, what was the reaction of the Chicago fan base when they heard that? Is, is he trying to be smart? Uh, no, is he I, trying to be cheeky? What is it? Look, I just told you how I feel about Matt Nagy. Yeah. But why tell Detroit on a Tuesday or Wednesday which quarterback you're going to have plan on the Sunday? I'm not bothered about that. Within the building... Okay. Coach, you've done this with your players. You tell them on a, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, you're starting, you're starting, you're not starting, but we're not going to tell anybody else. So I've got no issue with that. None at okay. all. He, he had a press conference yesterday where he said nothing. And everyone's going, oh, it's a waste of time. We need to know this. We need to know that. We need to know Bill Lazor's calling. We don't. We right. as fans do not. The Detroit Lions do not need to know who's playing and what schemes we're going to be running or anything. So let's get smart here, Bears fans. Let's get smart and start thinking as an opposition to the, uh, to the Bears, what do we want to hear and what did we hear? We heard nothing. And that's good from a Bears right. point of view. So I'm not worried about that. I think that's nonsense for us. Right. Within the building, if he's got that conversation within the building, it's a massive issue. Massive. I don't believe he's got that conversation going on. Does he get fired if you lose against Detroit? I hope so. Yeah. But I see, coach, you're nodding, right? <laughs> as uh, historically, Bears don't fire their coaches um, right. mid season. They just don't. Um, but they've just. Yeah, but I don't think historically they've acted this way. Yeah. After four games with a brand new, with such a good defense and a really positive um, incoming quarterback. So historically, sure, but not history hasn't shown this. And especially the last game, I think the little time that the offense spent on the field, it was almost like they're putting Justin Fields out there to get sacked. He got sacked nine times, had 68 yards uh, passing and lost 67 yards by getting sacked. So he had a net... Yeah. One, one yard as a net, you know, on, on, on the passing game. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I don't How think the Chicago uh, fans will take seeing him being treated like that and having his confidence broken over, over the whole season just because Chicago doesn't usually fire their coaches in the mid middle of the season. Well, I think, I think the, um, the interesting thing is they've signed for some real estate up at Arlington Heights, which is 30 miles outside of uh, Chicago which is where the race course is, famous place. Right. And the intention is to build a, a fantastic stadium with casinos, with hotels, with shops, you know, make it all, almost a mini complex or a maximum complex. You know, it's going to be huge. Right. Um, now, if, they, if the owners, they, they've spent 200 million on the site, just on the site, uh, to develop a stadium and, and all that, you're looking at two, three, four billion dollars. Right. Even the McCaskey family doesn't have that. They only get their money from the Bears. So they're going to need outside investment. And you can bet your life they haven't signed over 200 million to buy this site without having everything else as much as possible in place. Right, might, right. might not have all the exact details, but they'll have the funding for the 4 billion that they need to, to develop the site. Okay, so cool. once they start committing to that, the last thing they need is a drop in revenues from match day, from merchandise, from all sorts of stuff. If they hear the fans absolutely going mad on Sunday, how long can they actually not act? 
Right. So I think Arlington Heights is a big factor here that could show them moving out of the way they they have acted historically. Okay, good. Ran Before I, I wrap this topic up and move on, I just want to ask you, did you get everything off your chest? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't uh, think so. You've got your hands up, coach. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do Chicago fans owe Mitch Trubisky an apology? No. He's not okay. a franchise quarterback, but he got... How do you know? Um, you don't really know, do you? I think well, no, time has proven. Because, time has no, proven. Well, there, there's two, two things. First of all, there were things that every fan in the world could see that he couldn't see. And okay. when, when he... Does, does that make sense? When he was playing last year and the year right. before. Also, if he was a franchise quarterback... Would he be back up for the Bills or would he be starting somewhere else? So I don't think other coaches within the NFL are as high on him as um, we were once upon a time. But you, I think the one thing you'll never know is whether the, the Chicago Bears could have developed him into that franchise quarterback with the time that, that, that he was there. Um, having said that, let's switch gears over to two teams that were expected to be contending for the Super Bowl, and they might still, it's very early in the season, and we've got an exceptionally long season with 17 games. We've got the Bucks and KC both coming uh, off losses. Uh, Tampa Bay falling to the LA Rams uh, in an incredible game. Uh, and KC were outdone by a very, very good Chargers team. So, Coach, I think my question to you is, should we, I mean, should we be worried more about KC? Or Tampa Bay, or, or is it both? Should should both be worried about their prospects for for the playoffs or or Super Bowl contention this year? Uh, probably neither. Um, if if uh, if if we take a big look at it, I, I think if you're going to compare the two, you really should probably be worried about Kansas City, but not so much. Um, I, I do think that Tampa has run into probably the hottest team um, in the NFC. And probably will be for the first five, six, seven weeks. They've had virtually no injuries. Um, they've had virtually a pretty—I don't want to say a soft schedule, but a, a conducive schedule to winning. Um, right. When when they did get Tampa, Tampa had a few of their stars either out or hurt, um, and then traveling all the way across the country. So I, I'm not making an excuse for Tampa, but I'm not too worried about them. Right. Um, I think we'll get to. Uh, a pretty good judge this week, ironically, um, when they go to New England. I know that sounds crazy with New England's record, uh, but I think um, BB has the opportunity to really show his wares as a defensive coach. Um, in terms of KC, look, I just I have I think they would be the one to worry about if you're comparing, just because I think their defense is struggling where they didn't yeah. last year. I think they I think they played above their weight last year for at least 10 to 12 of the 16 games before they got to the playoffs. And I think Mahomes probably bailed them out of three or four wins. I didn't write it down, but I did some research. I think three to four wins right. um, last year where they didn't play well. And they just, they haven't performed. You know, I, I, we all know it, either as a fan, as a coach or watching football for as long as we have, when you replace that many offensive linemen, it takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while to get calls right and nods right and, and you know, unspoken calls right. 
and that's going to take more than three weeks. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about either one. Um, I think someone put earlier in, in one of the WhatsApp groups we're in, um, Kansas City might be six and five um, yeah. after week 12. And I'll take that bet. You know, I, I can't, I still can't see them losing five games the whole year. Really? And, okay. Um, do, do they I, risk hurting um, Patrick Mahomes though while the O-line is trying to figure things out? Are they asking too much of him? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I've watched a couple of their games, both from a coaching pair of eyes on the defensive side and how I might call it with a new offensive line. And they've been, truthfully, very conservative. Yeah. Um, they don't run a lot of those fly routes. They don't run a lot of speed routes. Um, they've been pretty conservative and tried to be ball control. Again, I just don't think that's their mantra. I don't think that's Mahomes' gig, right? And so when they try to do that, to let that offensive line gel, um, it, it, I think it's detrimental to them. Now, will he get hurt? Man, you never know. Do you yeah. think Sunday's important when they go to Philadelphia? I was going to ask oh, yeah. you, Jita. I mean, you, you're, you're, hosting, you're hosting the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in Philadelphia. Might be, the, might be the right game for Philly. Just, just to pick up on something Coach said uh, about the new O-line. To me, it looks like uh, Mahomes isn't really trusting the new O-line yet. Um, and this could be from his, what happened to him in the Super Bowl. He was the, I think he was the most pressured quarterback in Super Bowl history, something like 29% of 50 dropbacks, something like that. So he hasn't really gelled with that O-line. He's trying to always hit Tyreek Hill or Jason Kelsey because it's, it's like a little one-dimensional. And defenses have picked up on that. And they don't really pressure him much as they used to because then he can scramble out. So, right. yeah, this could, be, uh, this could be the game that Philly uh, the F Freely needs, actually. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know where you're getting this confidence from. Uh, you just it, no, laid an no. egg on Monday Night Football in front, in front of the you Dallas you Cowboys. You, you, they should you change the, let, your team name into the Eggles or the egg would, that they if, laid. If you would let me finish. Yeah. <laughs> Host boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I meant is Philly's probably going to lose the game. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I, you know, Dallas ran all over them. Uh, uh, but what I'm saying is it could be the game that Philly really needs. I think he has some good points. Game. I do think that um, Philly has the opportunity to kind of circle the wagons, as we say, right? Um, the problem is I think, I think they might be in big trouble. They're coming off a short week, and they're coming also off a wounded um, Kansas City team who've lost two out of the last three. And I think we're in that fourth week where you'll start to see some positive things out of the O-line. And listen, if you don't, Philly could win. Philly could keep it close. Could keep it close. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the they'll have to. They're, they're, there's no I'm, Philly's probably going to lose that. I'm, and I'm okay with that, to be honest. Because there are things that need to be fixed. Uh, Jalen Hurst looked good first week. And then, you know, it kind of went downhill. Uh, Dallas game... The, the biggest thing we had going for, for the team was control of that scrimmage line on both sides. And we lost that completely in the Dallas game. They ran all over it. So hopefully they've looked at the film and they'll figure things out 
I think this is a good game for Philly. Phil well, whatever you've got to fix, fix it before the week after because you go up against my Panthers. So be please be ready so you don't have any I'll excuses when you go I'll against. Who are Panthers. likely to be coming hey, it's a, the loss. It's 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 a rebuilding. I heard season. that, coach. <laughs> Philly's gonna Philly's go, Philly's gonna rebuild, and we're gonna come back after the rebuild. On to All Carolina. Right. Next question. Okay, so let me circle back to New uh, Tampa Bay at New England. Um, I'm really looking forward to this uh, to this game because, you know, conventional wisdom says Tampa Bay should be winning this. You know, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Gronk going back to Foxborough Gillette Stadium, going up against the rookie uh, quarterback who many out there are comparing him to Tom Brady. And I don't know why he's done absolutely nothing to even deserve to, to be in the same sentence as Tom Brady. But imagine if after all of this, because since Brady won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, the, all the critics have been talking about how this whole time it was Tom Brady that was winning those Super Bowls and Bill Belichick was kind of riding on his coattails. It's a crazy thought, but there are people that are actually out there on ESPN, on Fox, on TV, experts that are actually saying that. So imagine just the one thing that I want to happen is if, Bill Belichick turns up with a defensive plan that tells Tom Brady, son, I've got you figured out. I'm the one who raised you. And they managed to actually close things down, utilize Mac Jones to the extent needed to win the game. And then you get Bill Belichick in the press conference after the game, looking at Darth, like Darth Vader and just saying, you know, I'm your father. You know, <laughs> Imagine if that scenario just plays out. I am dying for it to play out. Is it possible at all, coach? Yeah. Uh, no way. Look, I, I I'm daydreaming. Huh? I, I, I'm fine with how they they use Mac as far as controlling um, the offense and controlling the line of scrimmage and controlling time management. Um, they've got their best running backs out, um, right. so that's going to hurt them quite a bit. And I just don't believe in New England's defense. Um, and if you've got anybody about to roll in that wants to have a prove a point. And right. I think I, I read Antonio Brown's off the COVID list. He's yeah, going to play. Um, Gronk's going to practice tomorrow with his bruised ribs, so he's going to play. Um, and then both of the other receivers are, they're saying, 100% healthy, not, no nicks and scrapes. Um, look, I, I, I'm fearful. But, but I like the idea that if New England could win, that's a press conference I want to watch. Right, right. That would be interesting. I can't <laughs> see any way right. that New England are going to get with him 10 or 15, I just can't. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I just don't think I, their defense has some has some really big holes that still haven't been filled. Um, for whatever reason, I, I can't figure out why because that's really what they've, you know, hang, hung their hat on these last five, six, eight years is right. to play solid defense, run the ball, control the ball, and expect Brady to win all the games, which he did. And they just don't have the defense that they've had. So, um, no, I don't see it. I, I, I would love for it to happen um, just for a fan. Yeah, just to see um, but, the, uh, but, the little action that will, will spark in the story. Yeah, but and, I, and, uh, I, can, I, can see it. I can see it being big and bad. Okay, okay. Now, let's go to the NFC West. And I think, I mean, you know, in the FIFA World Cup, you always have uh, the group of death. If there was a group of death in the NFL this year, it's, it's the NFC West with the undefeated Rams, Arizona Cardinals also undefeated, 3-0, 3-0. 
Um, San Francisco don't look bad at all. They're actually playing really well. And even the Seattle Seahawks at one and two are always, you can never count, count the Seahawks out. Um, Yujita, I think my question here is, is who's more impressive so far when it comes to the undefeated teams? Is it the LA Rams or is it the Arizona Cardinals? Come on, man. Without a doubt, all right? Uh, McQuay and Stafford, they're building something dangerous in LA. Yeah, uh, with the weapons that Stafford has and how he's come up from being in Detroit, explosiveness of his plays, like he's done uh, two touchdowns or 50 yards plus this season, whereas he did four in four seasons with Detroit. So right. he's being he's being loved to be this explosive player. Um, and, and McQuay is really helping him out and the OC as well. So overall... Uh, I think the only part of their game now is the running game. They have an issue with, uh, with their running game. But passing-wise, I mean, he's got all the weapons. Um, he's, uh, he, I know he's used Cooper Cup a lot, but right. last week they changed that up a bit as well. So, you know, defenses will have to figure that. And on defense, you, you know, you got, you got Aaron Donald. Right. Yeah, if, so, if, if Arizona the, played L.A. today, who would win? LA would win. I'll tell, I'll tell you why. Yeah. LA would but win. You guys are saying LA. Let me let me be the one to stand up for Arizona a little hold, bit here. Hold, because... hold on a second. Let me talk about Arizona for a second. Arizona right. is playing off of the Kyle Murray show right now. Right. Yeah. They're making him do a, a lots of I mean crazy stuff, and he is doing it. And they've actually practiced this scramble drill, drill in practice. In sorry, in practice sessions where the receivers have to move into the areas depending on how loose he's getting. And I fear they're putting too much on Murray at the moment to, to figure out, to scramble, do his own thing. And the defenses are going to be able to adjust and bring up schemes, too high safeties or whatever, rush on him. And he likes the rush, so maybe not rush on him much. But I think they're putting too much on Murray. Great, uh, great player. Could be MVP. We don't know. But right. I don't think they have the in, enough weapons and defense to go up against LA. LA is a is a tough. So I have like three three stats that kind of stood out for me for, with 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 Arizona. So they've attempted three four fourth down conversions and they've they've completed all three right. And time of possession thirty two minutes on average compared to the Rams twenty seven minutes. And the rushing per carry is is three point nine yards to three point three yards with with the LA Rams. So I think it's. Arizona is the best team nobody is talking about seriously. I think we're talking a lot about, you know, the Raiders. We're talking about, you know, um, uh, Tampa Bay. We're talking about KC. We're not talking about Arizona enough. So I would actually argue that Arizona going up against the Rams have a chance of, of, of actually, uh, you know, pulling the upset. Coach. I give you one name and then I'll change your mind. One name. Okay. Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. If Kirk Cousins can put up those yardages, those touchdowns against Arizona, then imagine what L.A. is going to do. And his defense in L.A. is, I think it's nine higher against the pass and the run compared to Minnesota's defense. So right. Kirk Cousins, boys and girls, I, Kirk Cousins. I said if a he minute can ago. do it. Imagine what I, I, I don't have a comeback for that. McVeigh, come to me. Come see I, me. I said a minute ago, if Arizona and LA played 
today who would win they're actually playing on sunday <laughs> so, yeah 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 they're, they're actually well, playing on sunday well, yes we thought, <laughs> we thought you, we meant literally like let's say they're playing today so, what, what uh, happened? you know <laughs> you, you look at this you look at the match predictors and the, all this kind of stuff and it's kind of 60 40 in favor of, of la at the moment i think that's pretty mean right. I, I i can't see arizona getting close to them sorry I don't know I'm about gonna... I don't know about close, but I yeah. I don't think that they can compete yet. But I could be surprised. I mean, any given Sunday, as we say. Yeah. Um, I can't. I have no yeah, comeback Arizona. for your Kurt. I don't have a comeback cousins. for your Kurt Cousins. Uh, Kurt Cousins uh, argument, coach. But I'm going to double down and stick to my guns and just see what happens. <laughs> Listen, Arizona is never in trouble as Murray as long as Murray is there. But, yeah. you know, I mean, they were nine down to the worst team in the league. So I think the LA, LA Rams have got this. Yeah, and the defenses he's played, the front four or the front six even, they don't have the talent that the one he's about to play has. And I remember I said oh, yeah. this before about two weeks ago. I said, hey, look, Tampa's looking good. Tom Brady's looking good. But he's about to go into LA and play a really good defense. And that guy's a bad man. And yeah. here we are. You like bad men. <laughs> hey, I'm all about it. Let's go defense. All right. So th there are three other teams in the NFL that are still undefeated. You've got the Las Vegas Raiders. You've got my Carolina Panthers. And you've got the Denver Broncos. So if we look at these three teams, who are the contenders? Who are the pretenders? And, or is it too early to answer any of these questions at this point in time? Mark, Not too early. Mark, give us, give us a shot. Let's say the Raiders. Pretenders or contenders? I think the Raiders could make the postseason. Um, their schedule's not too bad. I think they could do it. Um, I think the Panthers, by you know virtue of the division in, that they're in, could make it as well. I don't right. think Broncos will, because to get out of that division is going to be really, really tough. Right. So after three weeks, that's where I feel. Raiders could. But you know, Gruden is a, a weird dude, and that could all that could all be a, a, a tumbling pack of cards by week six. You know, right, right. You I say never week know. six because week five they're playing the Bears and they're going to win that. So that's why I say by week six. Coach, you gave us an emphatic no. What are your hey? Thoughts? Listen, uh, as far as the Raiders, that what I think they started six and two last year. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're normally hot starters. Um, they did beat the Ravens. Denver, I think Denver's the biggest pretender. Um, I, you know, the, all three games they've won, those teams have won zero games. So the it's not 30, like, uh, what is it? 30th, 31st, and 32nd ranked teams in the NFL. I mean, you yeah, can't get luckier so, than that scheduling. No, way, right? Right. Um, and and I, look, I know their defense has played well. And I think I even read today where um, the defensive end came out as the player of the month on mm -hmm. defense. But again, who are you playing? So I think we'll find out this week. They got Baltimore, I think. They've got Baltimore. So, Re first so, real test, so you know. We'll we'll really find out. I, I think they're pretenders. I think probably um, look, the Raiders are are probably pretenders as well. Always a hot start, and in Gruden's career, he's been coaching hot starting players, and then they struggle down the stretch when injuries kick in, and um, Nixon Nixon bruises kick in. And, and I think he loses the edge on play calling because, you know, defenses get seven to eight weeks of tape on, on his offenses. 
Um, however, I don't know that he's ever had the playmakers he has like he has with a pretty darn good quarterback right, coming right. into his own, a tight end slash wide receiver who knows his business. Um, if Jacobs gets healthy, hey, who knows? Yeah, and, and for me, the Raiders, I think I, I'll give them all the credit in the world for beating the Ravens. Uh, that was a you know very hot start to the season. But the Steelers are shot. They beat the Steelers in, their, in week two. Miami have... You know, no Tua, no Tua, Miami. Yeah. So it's it's, it's so I, I like that that they're going up against the Chargers this week because that's again just like the Denver Broncos are being tested by Baltimore. N- no bigger test than the Chargers right now. They're they're probably other than Arizona's the other greatest team that nobody's talking about right yeah. now. Um, let me talk a little bit about my Panthers. You know, because we're three and zero, not used to being in that position. Um, few years ago we were six and two starting the season and then then things went to uh to hell after that um but i like how sam darnold adjusted after mccaffrey got injured uh he looked a bit kind of a little bit you know discombobulated at the beginning but it took him a little bit time to kind of gather himself and and he did really well i also like what the front office is doing what the gm is doing jc horn um you know, amazing uh, cornerback, started really hot, got injured, broke his foot. And immediately we, we went into the, 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 the trading block, traded Dan Arnold, our tight end, for CJ Henderson from the Jacksonville Jaguars, ninth pick of the draft. We're starting to involve um, our tight end, Tommy Tremble, who's a rookie from Notre Dame, who looked really good, had only one reception uh, last week, but it was a 30-yard reception. And we've got, you know, when you want to have, when McCaffrey's out, who do you want to have as a backup? Somebody called Chuba Hubbard. I mean, that's the best name in the NFL right now. So I, I, I don't even know what he's going to do. But just on that name, I want, I want to watch a little bit more. Um, we go up against the Cowboys. Yeah. Tough game. Like you said, coach, you think that it's going to be the Panthers' first loss. But that defense is legit. That defense could be the difference. I don't have as much confidence in the offense, but this is a defense that's allowed less than 15 points, less than 50 yards rushing in the first three games. And this has been kind of unprecedented for the Panthers, even under Ron Rivera, when he, you know, he was a great defensive coach, uh, defensive-minded head coach at the time. So I like our chances. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I really think, I'm not going to call them pretenders. I never called my Panthers pretenders, but this is their chance to really kind of stand out again and be mentioned along that contender list this this game. We're not there yet, judging on the first three games. We looked really good, but again, it was the Jets and Houston. The Saints, okay, it was a good good opposition, but I'm really looking forward to see what they do against the Cowboys. It's going to be a, a great if, game. If you're 4-0 this time next week, you're going to be a very, very happy man. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm going to yeah. be a surprise man, but you're going to be a happy man. But the, the Carolina front seven, I mean, this is very impressive on the defense. Yeah. They're all, uh, what, 10, 15 uh, draft picks, and they're right. young, and they're going to probably be together for a long time. Shaq I Thompson, mean, I didn't see, I haven't seen much of yeah. The, yeah. The, the way they shut down the run, especially in the first game, I, mean, I know it was the Saints, but right. yeah, I mean, they, they never saw it coming. The Saints never saw it coming. So... Yeah. It's gonna be a good year. Interesting week. But, coming. Uh, don't let six and two, don't let six and two get away. This <laughs> right, time. right. This not this time, not this time. Uh, coach, you're Houston Texans. 
are up against the Bills. Is there even a point to talk about this or is it just going to be the expected results, right? Move on. Move on. I think we can wrap it up right here. <laughs> <laughs> before, before, we, before we kick off Carolina, the offense has done them quite a few favors on defense. Now, I've, I've watched right. a little film on them, and the defense is balling, and I told you the guys that in a message. Um, and and Yujita was correct. That front six and front seven and even front eight when they bring in the fourth linebacker have done some really good business. But I would be interested um, to see their minutes on the field. We talked about the Chicago defense being on 39 minutes last week. I would bet that they are under 30. I think that they've done a good job offensively controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the ball, controlling time. And I think that's really helped that defense. Now, I'm not saying they're not good and they haven't played well, but they've done them some favors. And I will also say, as you pointed out, who they come up against. Sure, the Saints, but but let's match weapon for weapon, team for team that they've played. Um, And and I don't know that that they'll win the ball control this week. However, if I were, wouldn't be disappointed at three and one losing to the Cowboys or keeping it close or playing a tough game. Um, cause I, cause I do think they're for real. I don't think they're pretenders at all. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Wait, um, wait, before, uh, before that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. There's more. There's more. Go Go in. In. All right, fine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Cause I thought it was going to be a, a weekly thing where a coach would come up with some trivia for us and he didn't. So I'll give you one and we can, right. we can't ignore this because this week we had the, The longest kick in the history of the NFL. Oh, yeah. We cannot go without talking about Justin J- Tucker's... Uh, Justin Tucker's yeah. leg. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so whose who's record did he beat? Jason Elam, Denver. When was that? How, 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 how long ago was that? 63, uh, 63 yards. It, I can't remember the year. Wasn't it down in Mexico or somewhere? I thought it was Prater. Matt Prater. No, it, Prater. it was Matt, Matt Prater, 2013. Yeah. The yeah, guy who go. tried to do 63. a 68-yarder and then ran in for a pick, for a, yeah. for a touchdown. Right, yeah. against the uh, Jackson. Jackson. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Like that. Yeah. 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 Great play. I had, I had your staff this, this week. You're still right. over. Hey, my, my <laughs> statistics guy has um, – he has – he. He has homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Yujita, before we, uh, before we wrap up and before we meet your Eagles uh, by next week, you've got two things to fix. Actually, three things. Your offense, your defense, and your internet connection. So yeah. please make sure these are fixed by, by, by next week. So. <laughs> I can fix at least one of those things. I'm not going to say what. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. This has been an incredible episode. I think we've got amazing games coming up this week. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Sports Unhinged. All right. Comment, follow, subscribe, and we'll see you guys in the uh, Saturday night segment, the Pick Six segment. That should Ooh, be an interesting can- one. I didn't hear a thing. I didn't hear a thing. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Thank you.